Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. So if you have your Bibles, I want to talk about the title of this message tonight is Power in Your Words. So power in your words are power words, or words power. So people don't realize, people don't realize the power of words. A lot of people don't realize the power of words. And I'm going to get into this tonight. It's going to be good, but praise God. Y'all pray for them. They don't realize the things that you speak out of your mouth are setting cornerstones of your life. So the words that you speak out of your mouth, that's why you got to be careful from the words that you say. You have to be careful. You can't just say no anything. You know, you can't just get up in the morning and call your best friend and y'all just, y'all, 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 y'all just gossiping every morning. It's going to determine the course of your day. And when you get to work, you're going to start doing the same thing. So you have to watch what you say. Amen? See, words deceive us. Words transmit. It calls something, to transmit means cause something to pass from one to another. So it's going to transmit fear or faith. So one or the other, the words that you're saying, and it's mainly going to come out what you've been hearing. So if you've been hearing CNN, world news, and all this stuff about what's going on, the pandemic, and all that stuff, transmitting fear. If you've been listening to Bishop, listening to some Dad Hagen, some word of faith, some word of faith, faith going to come. So you can say you're not all day, but it's going to start coming out of you, but that's what they're putting in you. And that's what the world want to put in us, especially right now with, you know, the thing they're trying to do with the pandemic and all that and trying to go back to, don't get, don't be fearful of what they're going to try to do coming up soon. So don't be fearful of what's going to happen and all that. Just stay in faith. Stay in faith no matter what it look like, no matter what they're saying, masks and all this stuff that they're trying to do. Just stay in faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. We're not moved by what's going on in this world. Amen? So don't be moved by that. So nugget number one said, your life is in your words. Let's go to Genesis 1. Genesis 1. If you have your Bible, let's go to Genesis 1. We're going to read verse 1 to 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form. I'm hearing the echo somewhere in there. The earth was without form, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. Then God said, underline said, let there be light, and it was light. God never does anything without saying it first. He never does anything without saying it first. Remember that. He said the, the water was there. The earth was there. Everything was there, but nothing happened until God said something. So all this stuff was there, but nothing happened until God said something. Notice the spirit of God was there. The water, like I said, darkness was there. There was the spirit of God there. Nothing happened until God spoke. Let there be light. And when God spoke it, things started shifting. So that's why your words is so important. What you say is going to shift everything. 
You can't say, I feel sick. I feel this. I feel that. Because your words is going in the atmosphere and your body going to respond to your words. So you have to speak faith. You have to talk faith. Even though when the obstacles and things come towards you, you got to still speak faith. I know what you see with your physical eyes. I know what you see, what you hear, what you see, but you can't, you got to speak faith. And if you do say something that's negative, just repent. Say, God, I shouldn't have said that. I repent. I'm getting back in faith. Because like I said last time, we always win. But you delaying it by speaking wrong words. So the quicker you want to get through this trial, speak the right words. Say what you want because you would have what you say. Amen? So, so that's what I'm talking about. So let's, let's talk about, uh, go to Matthew uh, 12, 37. You know the saying that people say, sticks and stone may break my bone, but what? That's a lie. <laughs> yeah, don't believe that. Words can hurt you. Words can kill you. Yes, words can, you know, words that you say, I'm sick, I'm broke, I'm this, no. And then uh, uh, another one said, the words that you say will either justify you or condemn you. The words that you say will either justify you or condemn you. So stop just saying anything. Start it today, just stop saying anything. Now, I know we used to talking and gossiping, and a lot of people do that, but, you know, just stop doing it. Stop talking, saying stuff. Some people talk too much and get in trouble, and some people don't say enough. You see what I'm saying? So you may talk a lot and just gossiping, but you're not saying enough to the devil. So start reversing that. So that you're on the phone for hours talking to your best friend, start saying what you want. Speaking the word of God. Speaking the word of God. You know what I'm saying? Instead of being on the phone, then you go to work. Like I said, be on the phone three hours and you go to work and everything you say is going to be negative. Proverbs 18.21. Let's read that. It said, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it should eat the fruit thereof. And that fruit just means reward. So you will get the reward of your words. Your words produce fruit, either good or bad. Either good or bad. I know people say, you know, now I didn't mean that, but your conscious mind didn't know you didn't mean that. You know what I'm saying? Didn't know you you're just saying something just negative. I feel sick. I'm this, I'm that. You know, I have a saying that people say, I mean, I know y'all probably know this. All they can do is say, see, your words. I don't say that. My wife knows and people know me. I say, all they can do is say, yes. All they, if, if that's all they can do? They can't say maybe. They can't say get back with me next week. You saying what you want them to say. All they can do is say no, and that's what you're going to get. So change that. Don't say all they can do is say no. That's just been programmed into our minds. And I had to change that a while ago. The Lord convicted me on that. I said, stop saying that. See, all they can do is say yes. And every time we walk in somewhere do something, they, they say yes. Because that's my confession. That's not all they can do. Where did, where did we get that from? All they can do. They can't say maybe and let me think about it or come back next week or something else besides no. Come on now. Amen. Now, I want you to hear this. Say, you can conceive and speak other words, 
If it's of the devil, you are speaking and releasing the abilities of the devil. So that's, you got to be careful of that. So it's faith comes by here and we speak God's words. So when you speak negative words, it's the same as speaking the words from the devil. So negative words will curse a person just as much as blessed words will bless somebody. So stop any negative words. We think negative words is cussing somebody else or saying, it could be anything. Just something negative. When Jesus spoke to the tree, he didn't cuss it out. He didn't put a curse on. He said, no one will eat from you ever again and walked off. That was a negative confession. And what did it do? It dried up. He came back. His disciples were shocked, but Jesus wasn't shocked because he knew what he said. Because he knows there's so much power in his words that whatever he say is going to happen. So we have the same power. Great is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So we have the same power. So when sickness and disease come against you, you curse that thing in the name of Jesus. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. You got to say what you want. Amen? Stop saying fear. I can't do it right. I can't stand her. You're saying all those negative confessions. Girl, she get on my nerve. And she's going to get on your nerve. My boss is me. He's going to be me. If you keep saying it, it's going to happen. Start changing. My husband never do nothing right. Start saying what you want your husband to do. Man, my husband is the best. My wife, and start saying what you want your wife to do. My wife cooks. She, she do this. My wife is... And you're going to start seeing the change because your words, you know, just like plants. You have plants in your house, they're gonna, you start speaking to them, they're going to grow. Anything they have life grows by words. So you have to set the tone in your house. And even when you get off, say you get off and things happen in your house, we all go through it. None of us, none of us perfect. But you have to repent. Repent to God. Clear out your house. Pray praise and worship. Bring the spirit of God back in your house. Don't let that spirit just take over. Because once you get mad, everybody mad. Dog mad, everybody mad. So you have to repent and get back in the spirit. And, and I notice most of the time our, our, our words or things that we feel come from our wounded souls. See, your spirit, man, is, is vibrant. It's pumped. But most of the time when you're lashing out somebody or doing it, it's a soul, a wounded soul somewhere. And once you get that soul healed, you're able to respond different. And most people respond out of soul. Somebody get upset all the time. Somebody cussing somebody. It's a wounded soul. And that's why you have to be careful. If somebody get offended or something in the church, mainly I'm speaking on the church, and, and they leave and you hanging out with them all the time, it's a matter of time. Because if they're offended, they're going to start talking about what they're offended about. And you're going to be either, if you, most of you are not bold enough to say, no, nah, we're not going to talk about that. So you're just listening. They're putting all your ear up. So you come in here, you're looking at us, all of us crazy. They didn't talk about everybody in the church. And now you come here, yeah, I can see Minister Jones. Yeah, he, he, see what I'm saying? So you have to. Watch yourself when somebody is offended. And not just here, anywhere. You have to, on your job, anywhere, you have to watch yourself when offense occurs. Because you can be try to protect yourself, but you're really nurturing that wounded soul. And you have to get healed from it. 
And you can draw away. You can say, well, I'm not coming to church. You're still wounded. You can sit at home. You're still wounded until you take care of that thing and face that person or face that issue. And then that soul could be healed. Amen? Say, I'm getting healed today. In the name of Jesus. What did I say? Nugget number three. I love this one. The devil loves it when you say it. See, the devil loves when you say something negative and, and confess, because he knows the only way he can get us to sin is by us saying it. If you don't capture that thought when it comes to your mind, next thing you know, you're going to say it, and then you're going to do it. So the devil wants you to say it. He wants you and your wife, your spouse to argue, fuss. He knows exactly how to push her button, to push your button. And then you're going to say it. And you're going to speak it out there in your house. And now you know y'all have a strife just everywhere because you couldn't control your emotions. And men, you know, men, we deal with it too, but women, we have to be mainly careful in that because y'all emotional person. And that's what God put in y'all, to be more emotional and care. So you have to be staying in the word and on point that you don't operate out of your soul and your emotion. Especially when you got hurt or disappointed. Everything you do, you're going to be, come on now. So stay in the word. Amen? He said, while he was still speaking, go to Luke 8, 49. I want to show you this, Luke 8, 49. You have your Bibles, your iPad, your iPhone, whatever you're using. Luke 8, 49. Now, I want to show you what the devil was trying to get him to say something. But Jesus changed his mind. Luke 8, 49. Well, let's go up to the, uh, just hold that right there. I want to uh, go up to the reason why he was talking to Jesus. Let's go to. Uh, 43. Now, a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who has spent all of her livestock on physicians and could not be healed by any came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately the flow of her blood stopped. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and those who was with him said, Master, the multitude throwing you and press against you, and you said, who touched me? See, Jesus knew that a lot of people in church don't want God, Re really. I'm saying that in Jesus' situation. A lot of people come to church, they really don't want God. That woman wanted something from God. So Jesus said, I didn't say who touched my flesh. Somebody touched my spirit. Somebody wanted something from me. So when you really want something from God, you're not worrying about what everybody's saying or doing in the church. If it's time to come to the altar, I'm coming to the altar. Me, as a minister, if I know that word is speaking to me, I'm, I want to get it too. But pride would keep you, and, and I'm speaking to the men now, pride would keep you, you looking around like everybody else, and your wife looking like, that's for you. And you looking like, he need to go up there, but you need to go up there. But most men have so much pride, we, I, I, I'm good. You really can't see yourself. 
That means that pride just took over your whole mind, your soul, everything. You really can't see that you need to go and get it together at the altar. You've been talking bad to your wife, or you've been doing something bad, and you need to go and get it right at the altar and get that release, but you still stand up there, and then you go home, and you're still same situation. Don't let pride stop you from getting anything from God. And that comes from spending time with God, humbling yourself, crying out to God, God, I can't do this without you. I need you. But the main verse I want to get to is 49, Luke 8, 49. Luke 8, 49. It says, while he was still speaking, someone came from the rulers of the Son of God's house, saying to him, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. And verse 50. But when Jesus heard it, he answered and said, do not be afraid, only believe she will be made well. Jesus says another verse in there, is another um, said when Jesus turned around and looked him in the face and said, like saying, don't say it. Don't say what they're saying because you're going to have what they're saying. So Jesus interrupted that real quickly and Jesus turned around and said, listen, only believe. So Jesus shut his mouth before he starts rambling out. Well, don't, you don't have to come. She's dead already. You know, mama, you don't have to come. And that's what the devil wanted him to say. But Jesus said, don't say it. Because you're going to have what you say. If you want your child to live, don't say it. I want my kids to be blessed and do things for God. And some of them ain't living right, right now. But that's not what I'm saying. I'm not, my confession is they're blessed they're going to see, I see them doing things for God. I see them doing what God called them to do. So the devil, he can show out all he wants. That's not my confession. I know what God told me about my kids. So you have to confess. Don't worry about what they're doing now. You confess and change the atmosphere. When they're gone, anoint their bed. Get your anointing on. Anoint their bed. Anoint their shoes. Anoint everything in that house, in their room. Go in their room. Pray over their room. Walk that room. This is what I want my child to be. And you're going to start seeing a change because your words is in that house. And they're going to come back. They're going to be like, man, man, it's different. So we, you know, and then some parents say, I don't want to go in my kid's room because I don't want to disturb them. You don't know what they're doing in that room. You don't know what they're watching. You don't know what they're doing. They could be watching some type of witchcraft, some, whatever they're doing. You wonder why your house is all upside down. No, 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 no. You got to know what's going on in your house. You have to know. Give them privacy. I'm not saying that. But if you hear some, some weird noise in that room, find out what's going on. What are you watching? Yeah, don't let the kids just do whatever in your house. Now, when you get out of my house, you're on your own. You still want to entertain that. But in this house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're not listening to that crazy. We don't watch Harry Potter and all that craziness. We, we don't do all that in this house. Because that's sorcery, witchcraft. And you have all that stuff in your house, and you're wondering why this stuff is going crazy in your house. And you open the door for it. Amen? So don't open the door to that. So Jesus stopped him for what he's saying. Don't say what they're saying. Don't say what the devil is saying. Change your confession. Nugget number four. Ears to hear. 
Say, God, give me ears to hear. Come on, close your eyes and say, God, give me ears to hear. Now, y'all said that, but I'm not talking about these two ears here. And we're going to get into that. Uh, uh, Matthew uh, 13, 9. He who has ears, let him hear. Mark 4, 9. He who has ears, let him hear. Jesus keeps saying that. He who has ears, let him hear. The words that you speak are more important to you than anyone else. Because it affects you more than it affects anyone else. The words that you speak. Now, pastor, ministers come, and we speak the word. It says, faith comes by hearing. How can they hear without a preacher? Yes, we say. But when you hear it, it affects you more from yourself. So that's why when you read the word and pray the Bible, you don't just sit and read the Bible and just, you know, inquire. Sometimes you can, but most times you got to read, you got to hear yourself saying it. You ever... Uh, uh, played a, a video, I mean, a recording of yourself and heard yourself. I'm like, who is that? When I hear myself, it doesn't sound like me. Because these outer ears have been hearing you all this time. But you haven't really heard the inner ear. Amen? You haven't really heard the inner ear. Now, write this down if you're writing now. God created us with two sets of ears, not just an ear on each side of our head, what I just said. You have an outer ear and an inner ear. The inner ear feeds your voice directly into the human spirit, then into your heart. So the inner ear, when you say it, it feeds you directly. So when you say something, boom, you say something, that's why you need to pray. You need to be on your knees praying, praying. Close your eyes. So when you, like, when you pray, close your eyes so nobody can distract you. So when you pray and you start hearing yourself, faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Faith don't come by reading the word. He didn't say faith comes by reading the word. He said faith comes by hearing the word. So when you hear the word, you're building your faith up. I'm hearing the word. And you're hearing yourself saying I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I can do all things through Christ who strength. You're building your inner man up. But you have to say it. If you got to look in the mirror, say it. Look in the mirror. I am healed. I know what the doctor's saying, but I'm healed. I know what they're saying on my job, but I'm healed. You have to say it. And your, your, your body is going to respond to what you say. That's why the words that you speak are more important than anybody's words. Anybody. Jesus knew this 2,000 years ago. Jesus knew this, how important our words are. Go to Matthew 11. No, Mark 11. I'm sorry. Mark 11. Look what he said. Mark 11. And I'm going to read it because I know some of you don't have your Bibles, but that's all right. I'm going to read it anyway. Look on, look on the screen. It should be on the screen. Mark eleven twenty three. Let's go to 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say, Jesus said this first, I say to you, whosoever says, underline says, to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea 
and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says will be done, he would have whatsoever he says. Then Jesus picked back up and said in verse 24, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So Jesus saying, your words are so important, you have to say it. You have to say it. And most times, people who have a mental illness or having, uh, want to kill itself or do stuff, they stop talking first. Psychologists will tell you, they stop talking. They don't say nothing. They, they go in seclusion. They don't want to talk because the battle in their mind. They're not saying nothing. And the devil is constantly talking in your mind, but you have to counteract the devil by saying something. And if you don't, he's going to take you out because you can't defeat the devil here. He's going to always win. That's why a lot of people who reason a lot, just reason, oh, you know, I don't know. This is, they'll never have faith. They'll never walk in faith because it's too much reasoning. God may say, do this. Bless this sister here. Do this and do that. Oh, no, that's, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. I don't, I don't see the outcome, how that's going to work. He didn't ask you how to. He said, just do it. Just do it. That sister right there, go on and bless her. Go on and, and do this and do that. Oh God, I don't know, maybe she... Just do it. God knows when he tell you to do something, you just got to do it. You just got to be obedient and do it. He said, the words you speak affect you more than anyone else. See, you can get some faith by hearing me and pastors speak, but faith will come to you more quickly if you speak it out of your mouth. I love this verse, Joshua 1.8. Go to Joshua 1.8. He said, keep thy word in your mouth day and night. So in the morning you get up, and I'm going to say, the book of the law should not depart out of your mouth, but you should meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous, and then you would have good success. He said, after you meditate on the word and speak the word, then you will have good success. So you have to speak the word. Joshua 1a, he says, speak the word. Keep saying what he said until you win. And that's the thing, people. The devil is going to come at you with everything. His main thing is to get you to stop. He just wants you to stop. But you have to shake it off and get back in the race. Say, I'm not going to give up. Shake. You may cry. You may, hey, you have a discussion. You may get up, but get back in the race. Say, I win. I win. I win. Because he just wants you to stop. And your blessing is on the other side of your pressing. But he wants you to stop, so he's going to throw things your way. He, he knows exactly what to get to you. He knows exactly what to make you mad. He knows exactly what your wife going to say, your husband going to say, to get you to stop. But you have to keep pressing. Keep pressing. If you have faith for something, you believe in God for something, don't give up until you get it. Don't, don't give up until you get it. You may have to go another route. You may have to do something different, but don't give up. You believe in God for something because you always win. You always win. 
If God put something in your heart and told you to go do it, get this house, get this car, you got it. God's going to, you're going to, he's, he's waiting on you at the finish line. He's waiting on you. Now, he's not going to be probably, you know, hard to get, it's going to be hard to get there, but he's waiting on you. So you just got to walk in faith to get it. Nugget number five, write, God word, write God's word on your heart. You have to write it on your heart. Proverbs 3, 3. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them about thy neck. Write them on the table of thy heart. Now, I want to take you through this because you say, write them on the table of your heart. You will say, well, how are you going to write it on the table of your heart? How, how do you write it on the table of your heart? Now, if you have this, I want you to write these verses down. It said, uh, David said, now we think David wrote Psalms 45. He wrote 70, 73 Psalms. Other people wrote some. David didn't write all the Psalms. But Psalms 45, we think he wrote that anyway, but he wrote 73 of the Psalms. My tongue, Psalm 45, 1. Go to Psalms 45, 1. I'm going to go skip down to that one. Okay. He said, my tongue is the pen of a reading writer. My tongue. He said, my tongue. So let's connect these together. Let's connect them together. God told Joshua in 1.8, don't let the words depart out of your mouth. Meditate therein day and night. Now, he told Joshua to do this. So meditating the word, going to sleep, getting up, meditating the word. Getting up. If you have sickness in your body, God, I thank you that I'm healed. I thank you for get up in the morning. God, I thank you that I'm healed. My body, before you go to open that Bible up, God, I thank you, Father God. So day and night. He said, meditate on it day and night. And even when you go to sleep, like my wife, every night she put on something while we sleep. Before we go to sleep, we say, what you putting on tonight, baby? She'll find something, some word, scripture, or some, preach, something that's going to, while we sleeping, to just stand our, our spirits. So find something, a teaching, or put the Bible on. So while you're sleeping, because your spirit ain't sleep, your body is sleep, so your spirit is so when we wake up, sometimes we wake up, that message or whatever, that word, just like, it's already there. We start talking about it. You know, wake up, use the bell, and that word is on. You know what I'm saying? Wake up, don't, don't go to sleep with some crazy music on. Put the word on. Because what you hear, and faith going to come out what you hear. Amen? So he told Joshua that. He told the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 28, go to Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28, 1. He said, if you will hearken. That word hearken means to hear intelligently or declare. He said, if you will hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God and observe to do all his commandments, then all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. Now, you got to remember, he said, if you do all these things, remember, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. So, faith comes by hearing, so the spirit of faith is a force. Faith is a force. Faith is a force. So, so faith is the substance of things hoped for, which is the evidence of things not seen. 
So faith is the force. So you have to take this word, and that's what I'm saying, press towards whatever is coming against you. you. You press towards it with the word of God. So when things are happening in your life, things are happening, you're pressing towards it with faith. That's what faith is. Faith is the word of God, a force. Say, faith is a force. Amen. So it comes to you when you hear the word of God. Faith comes to you when you hear the word of God. And in order to hear the word of God, the word of God must be spoken. So in order to hear the word, you have to speak the word of God. When you do, your voice is picked up by your inner voice, voice, I'm sorry, and fed directly to your spirit. I said that earlier. So when you say it, the voice is picked up and fed directly to your spirit. Directly to your spirit when you say it. Because we can have a measure of faith. Pastor come here, teach the word, faith to go do this, faith to go do that. I love this next one. Number six, when faith comes, do with it what it came for. And you got to get that. Faith came for something. It said faith come. Say you believe in God for a house. Faith came to help you press towards to get the house. So God said faith comes. So what did it came for? So, so you believe in for a car, so faith came to help you press towards to get what you want from God. Because you need faith to get it. He said, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you hear a word, pastor may preach a powerful word, powerful word about doing something. Okay, you got the faith. So faith came. Now you hearing the word, you reading the word, you saying the word, faith came. Because you've been believing God for this house. So faith came to help you press towards it. So you got the faith. Faith is a force. So you got the faith to check your credit, to make sure this is done. Oh, no, they're going to say yes. They're going to tell me yes. They're gonna so your faith is a force. So faith came to help you do something. So utilize the faith that came and do it. Because it's coming from God. But you have to utilize it and press. And most people don't do that. Because faith is a fight. They fight the good fight of faith. And you have to, I'm telling you, faith, pastor wouldn't have none of this if he didn't fall. I can't imagine the things he went through to get here. Can't imagine. And most Christians won't fight the good fight of faith. We'll take the easy way out. That would throw one thing at us. Oh, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Must have wasn't for me. <laughs> I guess God didn't want me to have it. One phone call and you change your mind? No, you fight the good fight of faith. You keep fighting towards it. Don't give up. Don't let nobody stop you. So faith came. So if it came for something, whatever you believe in God for, that's what it came for. If you believe in God for a job, a new job or something like that, you build yourself up, build your faith up and walk in there with faith. Oh, they're going to hire me today. I got this job. Don't go in there all nervous and scared. Go in there like, you ready? When, when you want me to start? <laughs> yeah, when, when I'm ready. I'm ready. You got to have the faith. And they're going to see the confidence in you, and they're going to be like, oh, he's ready. He got the faith. He's ready. But you go in there all nervous and scared, and 
How much you want? I don't know how much you're going to pay me. Whatever you want to. I just want a job. You don't have faith. No, you got to have faith. Doctor tell you a bad report, you, you, some sickness attack your body? No, uh-uh. I remember this, the whining story when they, uh, their, their brother was died, literally died. And they, the doctor came in there and told him that they died. And, you know, whining, Pop Whining is a man of faith. He said, can we pray for you? Told the doctor that. He said, can we pray for you? Can you go back in there? And they prayed and spoke the word of faith. B.B. Winans tell us, C.C. Winans tell the story. And man, they prayed a word of faith. They went back in there and the doctor and that boy was raised from the dead. He wasn't concerned about what they said. He believed God. That my son is not about to die right now. So I don't care how, and I say this, all my, I don't care how close it is, how uh, you feel like it's over, don't give up. Because God can raise the dead. Literally, he can raise the dead if you don't give up. I'll stand there and say, you better rise. Get up. Get up. When my son bust his head, when my son bust his head up on his bike, I wasn't worrying about what they were saying. Now, my wife was, you know, she was getting all the stuff. I was sitting there. He's going to be fine. And, then they, and he had a big old knot on the back of his head. He hit his head. And, and they was calling in the doctors. They was calling in the specialists. And I'm just sitting there. He's going to be fine. So he's getting out of here today. I command that swollen whatever it is to go down. And we stood in the hospital like six hours. They called like so many different specials. The last one came was the real one. I guess he was the one who knew what he was talking about. Everybody else was just throwing fear. He bust his head. Ooh, he made this. And he made his brain made me. I said, Caleb is going to be fine. I didn't want to hear him. What the people was telling my wife, I was sitting in the corner. I went to my son. I said, you're going to be all fine, son. You're rubbing his head, you're going to be fine. And uh, the last one came. And he said, nah, it's a swelling went down. He used to be fine. He can go home tonight. Just keep ice on and whatever. Take these Tylenols or whatever. Take this and he can go home. I said, come on, Kayla, put your clothes on. Let's go. Let's get on out of here. It was six hours worth of me confessing the word and standing on the word. But I refused to let them tell my son was going to have a, a whatever, you, a skull fracture and all. And I refused to hear that. Come on out of here in the name. I said, God, no, indeed not. My son is healed. So no matter how dare it look, don't give up. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Don't give up. He said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I want to say, but uh, Hebrews 11.1 one. It said, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And one more story I want to get to, Hebrews 11, 11. When I say faith comes for something, go to Hebrews 11 and 11. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. That's all I need to say. Faith came for her to receive strength. She needed faith for that. So by faith, she needed strength to bear this child. So it came to her. She applied her faith, and what happened? She had the child. So faith comes for you to utilize whatever you need at that moment. But you have to build yourself up in faith. Because the doubt and thoughts are going to always be in your mind, but you have to build yourself up. Listen to Bishop Tate. Listen to the word. Building yourself up, praying, praying out loud, 
And that's why I said, when you pray, pray to where you can hear yourself. Pray. If you want a good book, get you a good book and go read. But this is the living word of God. So when you pray, pray the word. Pray the word. And there's a good prayer. Write this down, y'all. Um, Ephesian prayer. I'm going to say this, and we're going to pray in a minute. Ephesians, and I want you to say this because they have been saying this for years. And Raymond taught us this. This is a powerful prayer that you say. And I'm going to say it. I want you to say it like this when you pray out loud and watch your life start changing. When I first started saying this, the eyes of my understanding just started opening up to the things of God. So when I said it's Ephesians 1, write this down, 13, no, 117, I'm sorry, to 23, and then shoot over to Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. But say them together. When you say one, say the other one to the same together as a prayer. So when you're on your knees and say it like this, where it say you enough, say I, say me. Put yourself in there. And I'm going to say this real quickly. So when I say it, I say that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto me, not you, give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of you, that the eyes of my, see what it says, your, the eyes of my understanding will be enlightened. Where is it at? The eyes of my understanding will be enlightened. That I may know what is the, the eyes of my understanding will be enlightened. That I may know what is the hope of your calling. And what are the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints? Continue on. And the inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards me? who believe according to the working of your mighty power, which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities, powers, and might, and dominions, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And you put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Where I'm at which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now go to um, chapter 3, and you're continuing on. You're still praying. And start at verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant me, and I'll put yourself in there, that he will grant me according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in my heart by faith. Say, say, that Christ may dwell in my heart by faith. That I will be rooted and grounded in love. That I will be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, depth, and height. And to know, come on, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. That I may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. If you start saying those two prayers together out loud in yourself, the eyes of your understanding are going to be open so much. I mean, you literally going to be walking in quick trip just differently because now your eyes are open to the spirit. And say it every day. 
Let that be something you say every day. You're going to be going to work. Your supervisor going to be acting crazy. You're going to see them acting totally different. You're going to see things starting to change because now your eyes and your understanding, your inner man is being enlightened. So say this with boldness. Say this with confidence. Say this with faith. And faith move mountains. Faith move mountains. So say what he said. Write this down when you get this in. Say what he said, and you would have what you say. So say what he said, and you will have what he, what you say. So if Jesus said you're healed, Jesus said you're going to the other side, just say it. Don't start saying negative. If you can't say nothing good, don't say anything. Just be quiet. Because you're incriminating yourself by your words. So just don't say nothing. Doctor come with a report. Somebody come and say they're about to lay off everybody in this place. Don't, don't agree with them. You agree with them when you say it. Yeah, you agree with them when you say it. So don't. That's not going to happen to me. It's not going to happen to me. So spend time in the word, spend time saying the word, spend time confessing the word, because I believe God has this, all of us in here is gifted with the gift that God has in us. And a lot of people that can be helping pastor right now, doing what God called them to do, just sitting on the pew. Because we feel like, uh, it's not, I can't do this. I can't do it. If the Holy Spirit didn't help me to do this, I wouldn't be able to do it. But I'm just humble enough and, and to, to serve and help God and do what God, I mean, God helped me to do what he called me to do. So it's not easy doing it, but God just looking for a yielded vessel. So every one of you can just be bold enough. Say, um, 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 Acts, 4, um, Acts 4.29. Read this real quickly. I say this all the time. I have to say this. Acts 4.29. Mark, mark it down. I say this all the time, my favorite verse. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servant that with all boldness that I may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders, signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Go to verse 31. Look at what happened after he said that. Look what happened. He said, when he had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. Ooh, I love that. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spoke the word of God, next verse, with boldness. God would come upon you and do what he called you to do. God will come upon you. He called you to minister. He's going to come upon you. You never think that you can do it all. You're always going to feel nervous. You're never going to think that you're going to do everything right. I go through that all the time. We all go through it. If you think you can come up here and do it, it's in pride sometimes. When I'm back there, I God, okay, help me to do what you called me to do. You help me. None of me, all of you. So when people come to me and say, oh, that was good, Mr. John, to me it's like, 
I, I, I'm just doing what God called me to do. So I believe every one of you, if you let God use you, whatever area that God can use you, you can be a blessing to this ministry in so many ways. He didn't just call a few of us, ministers, deacons. He, he, it's so many of us can help the man and woman of God. If you just say, God, where do you want me to help? What do you want me to do? And hear, not with this ear, with your inner ear. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.